Hello, and welcome to the Enchanted Podcast, the show bringing you all the latest Disney news. I'm your host, Lauren Arnold. And I'm your co-host, Hallie Garrett. And today, we're sharing another Imagineer spotlight on Mary Blair. But first, let's get to the news. How many times <laughs> is Splash Mountain going to break down in a week? Can we kind of... <laughs> Estimate for this coming week, maybe. I don't know. But we need to start keeping score. That's that's all we need to do. Yeah. Uh, last Sunday, Splash Mountain broke down again. Uh, in case you're wondering, this was Walt Disney World. It has been Walt Disney World for like the past month. <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess the logs were backed up. So logs are always backed up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, something, I don't know, I saw them handing out water, it was, seemed like, I don't know, that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Okay, um, some very recent news that just came out was that the Beauty and the Beast attraction called Enchanted Tale of Beauty and the Beast will be coming to Tokyo Disney in 10 days. Like, very, very soon. (laughs) Uh, They released a date yesterday. Um, It was always scheduled to be set uh, to open in 2020. People just never knew the date, and they finally put it out there. It's such a strange date and, like, timing for Disney to announce something like this because they usually plan this so far in advance, like, oh, it's coming fall of 2020, it's coming September of 2020. No one knew, but it'll be here in just a short while. And I'm very excited. They have some amazing new animatronics featured. It's trackless. It'll be a great experience. I'm like, I remember them announcing that it was 2020, but then nothing happened and no one heard anything. And now all of a sudden, we're going to have it in 10 days? (laughs) Crazy. I can't wait for the ride through because I know I'll probably never get to ride it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'd really like to make my way over to Tokyo Disneyland. That would be a dream. Definitely a dream. Also, yeah, the animatronics look amazing. And they look lifelike, which is actually something we're going to talk about next week. (laughs) Uh, It's our little sneak preview for what's to come next week but Mm -hmm. yeah it's just I was shocked I didn't even know you told me just a few minutes ago yeah (laughs) um new Disney plus news the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse is coming to Disney plus on November 18th which is Mickey Mouse's birthday um it's an animated short series that will debut two shorts every Friday. So that's kind of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be good. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, Mickey shorts. Oh, yeah. Um, there was some, oh, Disney Plus. I was thinking, I meant to mention this last week and I forgot, but I watched Earth to Ned on Disney yeah. Plus. It's oh. like, the alien talk show. I've never heard of it. <laughs> I, okay. I didn't really like the first episode, but then I started jumping around to see all of the guests that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Please, please, please watch this. Oh my God. <laughs> it was so funny. And it's Jim Henson. So like, what's not to like, but it's, oh my God. I, there is the, little like sidekick guys that mm-hmm. are there on the talk show and they're called Claudes and I want one. <laughs> uh, there's no merch currently. I can't find any. It's not there. I don't know if I'm looking in the wrong place, but there's nothing. Uh, and I really want a Claude. They're just so great. So I just had to mention that. <laughs> I'll have to keep an eye out for it. Maybe it will uh, grow into uh, popularity and you will get the merch that you want. Maybe. We'll see. What's the big stuff from Disney Plus, though? The trailer we got. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We're, 
we're going to spend a little bit of time on this because I think it's important. Uh, mm-hmm. They dropped the Mandalorian trailer this week. Yeah. It was uh, so short, but very good. <laughs> yeah, very short. They really didn't give us anything, but we're still very happy. And mm-hmm. they're not going to give you anything. It's a trailer. It's like a teaser. You're not supposed to know anything. So uh, I, I have to say, I mean, I... I have my full trust in Dave Filoni and John Favreau. Yes, they have our trust. They've won us over. I, I'm not too worried. It's not like the uh, last sequel trilogy where I was like, I'm constantly worried and anxious about these movies and what they're going to do. I trust these guys. Yeah. And I think that just looking at the trailer, there's going to be so many new places that mm-hmm. To, which I'm very excited for, um, but also a lot of familiar uh, places because I noticed some references to Tatooine. Yes. Uh, the Banthas are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what the snow planet is. I want to know what it is. I'm excited because- to see that. I want to see Baby Yoda play in the snow. <laughs> oh, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> so I hope he loves it. And, but also, like, I was thinking, is the ice planet Hoth? Because it could be, you know. But then I was thinking, I don't know, something about it doesn't look Hoth to me. It looked a lot like the planet that Darth Vader left off in. Yeah, I agree. And it definitely gives more of that vibe off. I think Hoth is a little lighter and brighter of an atmosphere, whereas this planet seems a little more dark and ominous. And if it does relate to the Clone Wars, I think it would make sense because we are supposed to have an appearance by Ahsoka Tano. Oh man, which she did not appear in the trailer, but uh, we know she will be there. And I think a lot of people thought that Ahsoka was the girl in the hood in the trailer. And Correct. I was like, that's not Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is my theory because we're great at starting at starting theories and talking about them and usually they don't come true but sometimes they do. So my theory is that the girl that you see in a black hood is Sabine Wren from Star Wars Rebels. I would agree with this. Yes. She is also a Mandalorian from Mandalore. Mm-hmm. So that connection would make sense. Uh, and I actually read up on some stuff and made sure I was correct here, but yes, Sabine Wren was with Ahsoka Tano at the end of the season. Yes. So. It all makes sense, and the girl who is portraying the actor in that shot, um, I, I talked to Lauren about this already, but She's a WWE fighter, which, badass, go her. And she has purple hair. Like, she likes to color her hair just like Sabine Wren does. I was like, mmm, it's all coming together. <laughs> Casting too good to be true, we ask. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so that's really exciting. And, of course, nothing made the trailer extra special than having Baby Yoda be adorable the whole time. Of course. Uh, the end of when he pushed the button and hid back in his little floating egg thing was <laughs> uh, I think that's how we all feel during 2020 right now. Yeah, very true. <laughs> well, I, think, I think Baby Yoda's going to be even more relatable this season. I think he's going to give a lot of comical relief to the uh, hostile environment going on around him. Yeah. Oh, and quick mention, because I know we talked about it before when they released the photos, but yet again, the costumes look amazing. Oh, yes. Oh, and actually, we have to say congratulations to Mm -hmm. the cast and crew of The Mandalorian for their Emmy win this week. And they might get more, because these were just like the preliminaries, the ones they don't put in the show all the time, but... They won five or six, right? They won a lot. 
they won a lot. It was like best sound mixing, best sound design, best visual effects, best production design. I mean, they hit almost every category. It they was, deserve it. The production of it is unlike almost any other show done before. They're definitely paving the way for filmmaking, not only for Star Wars and Disney, but just the movie industry and show industry in general. So they deserve that. I'm proud of them. And I hope they get a few more wins come this Sunday. Me too. We will be watching. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you have, you had another thing for news this week? Yes, I had one more. Um, friendly reminder that we are still in a pandemic, guys. Um, so while Lauren and I are not going to the park because we don't deem it to be 100% safe, Disney is still doing everything in their power for it to be safe. And the number one rule is that you have to wear a mask. Please wear a mask, it's not hard, but in Hollywood studios, a Florida man, of course a Florida man. Um, <laughs> Always a Florida. <laughs> he threw a little fit, uh, he was an anti-masker and he was facing off with the security guards and he was kind of yelling for everyone to join him and take off their masks. He quoted, um, he compared himself to the hero in A Bug's Life he misquoted it. He got it all wrong. What else do you expect? Um, but I believe he was removed from the park. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad that no one joined him because honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised for Florida <laughs> if everyone was just like, yeah, let's do it. But I'm impressed that everyone kept their masks on as they should to keep it safe. Yeah. Oh, it, there's never I don't know I feel like maybe you don't have like a real interesting Disney ex experience unless something like that yeah <laughs> um going back to the park I have a few more things to mention um if you guys go out and uh check out Disney Parks blog there is a new page on their website that is called Everything Halloween. And it's a whole page that tells you the food that you can get at the parks. Uh, recipe, Halloween uh, Disney recipes you can make at home. A virtual viewing of Disney's Not So Spooky Spectacular. Uh, there's a lot. Merchandise for Halloween. Entertainment experiences that are coming this fall dining options, anything. It's all here on Disney Parks blog. So if you guys are excited to get in the spooky spirit this Halloween, uh, you can go out and check out Disney Parks blog. It's disneyparks.disney.go.com slash blog. Bring Halloween to you since it's not going to be in the parks. <laughs> yeah. And although they're not doing Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, uh, guests can come dressed up now to the parks. They're still allowing that. And we talked about costumes a few episodes ago, and this is actually the first time that adults can wear costumes. So this is like a big deal for a lot of people. And they have been doing these character cavalcades throughout the day so that you can still see the characters from a distance safely mm -hmm. uh, and now there is a halloween cavalcade that comes down in the middle of the day uh jack and sally are there some of the villains are there um that's kind of the most i got other than your normal characters that would come out uh and they do the they have the boo to you parade soundtrack playing in the background <laughs> so if you want to get in the spooky spirit, they got that for you. <laughs> Good and, stuff. Yes. And last but not least, there was a lot of stuff this week. Uh, Tokyo Disney announced that meet and greets will slowly be returning to their park. So I read up on this. I was curious. You know me and meet and greets. So uh, 
now they are returning characters like Mickey, Minnie, I think Donald was on the list. Um, All the ones with the masks. Yeah. Um, you will be able to do a meet and greet closer up with them, but guests will have to remain six feet away. Um, mm. But you can take pictures with them from six feet away. So it's a little bit closer. We're getting there. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see how that turns out. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. I follow a lot of people out in Tokyo Disney, so that'll be cool to see. Yes. So we've been doing a lot of Imagineer spotlights because we want to kind of honor the Imagineers that have done so much for the parks and for Walt Disney. And so we've been thinking about some people and Hallie had a great idea. Yes. <laughs> this week, our spotlight is on Mary Blair. Uh, and I'm so happy to talk about her because I feel like we don't hear a lot about the female Imagineers. And True. she was one that worked very closely with Walt. So I would consider her definitely one of the first Imagineers. And I think it's also great to shine a spotlight on her because I feel like a lot of times Imagineers fall under more of like Joe Rohde and Tony Baxter where they're in the building side and the overall theming. And she kind of does a lot of the work that comes before that, the actual conceptualization. Um, she's really great. She works with, as you said, very close with Walt, working on animated movies before the Imagineering company kind of started. And she's known for her unique illustration style with classic fairy tale charm, while also incorporating some modern shapes and patterns into them. Yeah, and just to name a few of the films that she worked on, uh, I saw Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan and Cinderella were just a few. Yeah, um, just a few. <laughs> a few. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, she was, I didn't know, she was one of Walt's favorite artists. Yeah. And I, when I was looking at her work, I remembered that a lot of her work is actually some of the original poster design. For yeah. Her. And that was really cool. And I especially remember at D23, you know, they sell a lot of artwork from artists and stuff. And I had seen that painting of, from Cinderella when mm. Cinderella's like in the room and there's like all these shadows like against the wall. It's very like whimsical. And I didn't realize that that was her work. So that's pretty cool. Um, and her husband, Lee Blair, was also an artist for the company and worked on Pinocchio, Fantasia, and saludos amigos so yeah i i found it very interesting that she was not only a female imagineer but an artist so early in like the 1900s and was very successful and you mentioned her husband i kind of i loved her boldness with this her Husband was actually invited to go on a trip to South Africa with a bunch of other Disney Imagineers. And Mary Blair said, I want to go on that. I work here too. So she went into Walt's office and asked, and he was like, yeah, you're more than welcome to come. And she and her husband and the, joined the Imagineers on various other trips to gather lots of inspiration. And I didn't know this, but actually before these trips, her style was very muted. Like the color composite, the colors were very natural and earthy. But after these trips, they became much more colorful and vivid from like exploring and learning about the different cultures there. That's pretty interesting. I, yeah. Just going to a certain place can totally change your style. Yeah. And clearly you can see that with Mary mm -hmm. Blair's work. Um, but I, I did do a little bit of research on her husband because I thought that was interesting that he also worked for the company. And he actually served in the Navy during World War II. And he animated training film for the government. And oh that 
much. We started. Um, and I uh, also his brother, so Mary Blair's brother-in-law was also an artist. It <laughs> runs in the family, I guess. <laughs> and okay, so her her brother-in-law is Preston Irwin Blair. Uh, he worked. I know specifically with, I don't know how you pronounce this, the hyacinth hippo? Oh, I think you got it right. Yeah, hyacinth. Um, from Fantasia. And he also worked with Lee, his brother, on Bambi. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, these mines are definitely very impressive. As you mentioned, uh, she works on so many different movies. And I noticed she conceptualized some of like the more iconic some or some of the iconic scenes from her concept art. So you mentioned Cinderella. She did some of the earliest concept work with the uh, birds and the mice helping create her dress up in the attic where she stays. And also the pumpkin carriage was a pretty big thing that she helped make. And then in Alice in Wonderland, she had the uh, Alice falling down the rabbit hole and exploring the Technicolor forest, which I think is just perfect because she has those bright, beautiful colors that are so vivid and the forest itself is very like almost cut out like paper. And then in Peter Pan, she really imagined a dreamy nocturnal like blues everywhere, which you can definitely tell throughout the London scenes. It's just, it almost, I don't know, this is kind of what I get from looking her work at her work, and it just looks like magic. Like, that's it just is. what she, It really is. She can I, create such moods that, I don't know, they're perfect. I think I was uh, listening to someone say, oh, I don't understand how paintings can create a mood. Like, you have to have a person convey them for you for you to understand, but no, like, you can really feel the emotion inside each of her works. It's just amazing to look at. Um, she did leave Disney in 1953 to raise her family and she wanted to illustrate children's books. Mm -hmm. But Walt actually convinced her to work with him on his concept for the World's Fair in 1964. Yeah. This, I think, is what made her most famous. Yeah. Uh, her artwork played a huge role in bringing Walt's idea to life, and it would actually be the most popular attraction mm -hmm. in all world. <laughs> yes. I found this to be kind of her closure, actually, with Walt Disney Imagineering, because, as you mentioned, she left create other projects, work on children's books. She also worked largely in the advertising company and had been in the fashion world as well. But I think she left um, Disney feeling a little unsatisfied because as we keep talking about, she has such remarkable and unique work. But as you can tell, if you look side by side from her work to Disney animation at the time, completely different styles. So she definitely wanted her work to be seen. She wanted to make a name from her, for herself outside of Disney. And I honestly think it was like very satisfying and honorable of Walt to ask her back and kind of make her the main event. Like her work really is front and center stage in Small World. And I think that was just like the perfect conclusion to her uh, just like adventure and experience at Imagineering. Yeah, and like you were saying that the styles were different and mm -hmm. I I don't know, I didn't think of it that way, but like it is true. Yeah. I think that even though her work was so colorful and it was really abstract and not at all like Disney animation. Oh yeah. Something about it I feel linked them together. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the color. I think it is kind of the color and the mood that it creates from that. Like when I read about the Peter Pan of creating that dreamy nocturnal style, like 
I was immediately able to see like her work and connect it to the movie quite easily and even the ride. Um, but yeah, it's very, I, I love her style. I found something, it's describe it as modernist cute, which I thought was very perfect because it has, she was kind of doing vector illustrations before vector illustrations were a thing. She was doing this before computers, before Adobe Illustrator, before we had all these tools. And I don't know, like her mind thought of it before it was even a thing. So it was very modern. But then again, it has that cute style to it with those friendly colors and some of the rounded shapes. And I mean, it's so noticeable in Small World, like the adorable children, but still very vivid and modern. Yeah, and I, I know this is, this is a different Imagineer, but I just wanted to mention them. Mm -hmm. um, Alice Davis, who did the costumes for It's a Small World. And just to think that you had this huge ride. It's like a nine minute boat ride that goes around this track. And that there's hundreds of little animatronics that this was an idea and that Mary Blair helped create this idea that there would be hundreds of figures because you want to see the world. Mm -hmm. You're going through different countries and how different mm -hmm. cultures, you know, interact with one another. And I don't know, it's just crazy to me that there are so many animatronics in one space. And mm -hmm. that after that, someone had to go dress them, you know. Made this ride. Woman just made it and it's beautiful and it's wonderful <laughs> um I like the idea that um when you go on it's a small world it's like floating through one of her children's books I think that's a very accurate description with the 2d elements to it besides you know the animatronics are very three-dimensional but all of the facades and uh the animals and like the suns in the background are very 2D, much like her illustrations are. It's very happy. I feel like a lot of her artwork, you just look at it and it makes you feel happy. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yes. I, um, I, I did find something when mm -hmm. I was researching Mary Blair. I don't know if you stumbled across it, but her nieces, Maggie and Jean, they started a website as a tribute to Mary Blair. Oh. And it's called magicofmaryblair.com. Oh, I think I saw this. Cutest <laughs> thing. Uh, the homepage is all, it's a small world themed and there's little animations going on. Uh, it's very, like it, it has everything about her. There's a whole um, biography on her. I'm looking at it right now. Catch me buying Mary Blair socks. Um, <laughs> are you kidding? This is adorable. Yeah, so her niece started this because, I mean, obviously, she was just such an amazing person. And they wanted to kind of just showcase all of her work and everything about her. And they did it in such a nice way. And like, and nice is just like really the only word I can think of right now. I'm sure there's other words to describe it, but it is just amazing to look at. And there's personal art. There are galleries, which you can actually look through Mary Blair's gallery, Lee Blair's gallery, and Preston Blair's gallery. <laughs> so you can see all of the artwork. And this is kind of interesting because Mary Blair's work is very abstract, colorful, different from that animation style. Lee Blair, his work is a lot more realistic. Uh, and he did a lot of, looks like he did a lot of like people studies where he would just people watch and paint. And a lot of it is watercolor and Preston Blair's gallery is very realistic. A lot of, there's one, one in particular that I really like, and 
it's the painting of the man and the woman with the cityscape behind them. They're like in an apartment and there's a big cityscape and it's just gorgeous to look at. Um, and then he's got some of his sketches from- It's beautiful. Yes, it seems that um, Lee and Preston Blair definitely had a more realistic style, but you can see how they brought that over into animation, especially when it come, came to uh, human anatomy. Oh, yeah. As well as uh, animals anatomy. And as you mentioned, the hippo from Fantasia is too cute. But I love to see how it can transfer over. I think a lot of people don't like realize this and how it and how these concept artists create and imagine these animations before they're brought to life. Some of my favorite books to look at are um, the art of like Star Wars or Moana or any of the Disney animations. It's always so intriguing to look at because as we've mentioned, like Mary Blair's work obviously wasn't like showcased. Her style wasn't showcased in the animations, but you can see from the concepts how it got carried over and I think that goes into artists today just looking through the books you can say oh this doesn't really look like it would be in the movie but it does end up in the movie in its own way yeah and I I want to share something that's on uh, one of the pages here under Mary's corner mm -hmm. and oh my god I like can't talk today <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> there's a page called Mary's corner and there was a Colors of Mary Blair exhibition in Tokyo. So her niece, Maggie, wrote this poem. I would like to read it if I can actually make it through and talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long week, y'all. It has. back of school for you, so. <laughs> um, so this is Mary's World by Maggie Richardson. It says, Come with me to Mary's world if you have eyes to see, but leave behind you and all your thoughts of how things ought to be. Children with moon faces whose feet don't touch the ground. In Mary's world, you may not know what's up from what is down. You see, Mary had a friend named Walt who let her have her way, and she painted with the colors we were all afraid to say. You might see a cow of blue by a barn of orange and pink, or a sky of yellow, green or red, or whatever color you think. But Mary's world is meant for all, free from pain. In Mary's world, that special place, we remember how to smile. So that's really sweet. I love that. Yeah. I think this is a great way to honor her, especially because I know the end of her career was not as great as some may imagine, because I feel like Small World was kind of like her last big thing. Everyone knows the story of struggling artists, and that kind of did happen to both her and Lee. I think they were struggling. They had two young sons, and one of them did have health problems, so they did have to take a lot of time away from working to uh, take care of their son and make sure everything was going well, but this website just kind, kind of shows, like, it all matters still. And everyone, I feel like a lot of people, especially in the design and art world, know the name of Mary Blair. And I think, I don't know, she, she did a lot that was very important, especially to women and just imagineering in general. Yeah, and they actually included a quote from a letter that Mary wrote to her husband because her nieces uh, put on here that she never thought of herself as a pioneer. She just wanted to, you know, do art. And she, you know, this was a time when women usually stayed at home or they were nurses or teachers. And Mary Blair was in an industry that was just always surrounded by men. And mm -hmm. she actually was I think one of the most important people in that industry oh yeah so you really this this was really nice um I'm gonna read the quote from her letter it says we are artists here in love with art and each other we must make these loves coincide and melt into a beautiful happy and rich life that is our future 
will live to be happy and paint to express our happiness. And that's, I just, I don't know. I love, I love everything about her. Like, not even her art, just her as a person. Mm -hmm. And I'm going here to, I'm looking at, I know you found some socks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, wow. (laughs) There's little, is this, it's a small world or are they just? Yeah, there, it's a small world. Oh, the, actually the website is not up yet. Yeah, I found them on Etsy though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so there, there's some embroidery patterns, art books. Wow. Very cool. I'm, I'm very impressed by this. I don't feel like this is something you see often. Yeah, especially from a relative of a famous person. And I think it was, I think it was great to make because a lot of times uh, artists, especially from like the 1900s and even obviously earlier than that, they don't have the internet. They can't have a place to showcase their work and put those important quotes that like Lauren was reading off of and their art and merchandise and even about their family members. So I think this was very special to make and a great way to honor her rather than maybe just going to another website that is just gathering all the facts. This is a little more personal. Yeah. And there's a book on here. This is kind of interesting. Um, Under merchandise, there's all these art books and there's one that stood out to me. It's Disney's Pencils, Pens, and Brushes. It's a great girl's guide to Disney animation. And it's a whole book about all of the women that worked at Disney animation over the years. That's it's so cute. Artists, animators, inkers, painters, everyone. And it's all in a very cute illustration style. And this I think is awesome because <laughs> we're like, there's a lot of girls that they grow up and they love to draw and they love to do art and to have this book is like an amazing thing for them to have because they can flip through all the pages they Mm -hmm. see really cute illustrations and then they can read through and they're going to remember these names they're going to see Mary Blair you know uh, Alice Davis and just all of these people that worked on such amazing things and say that they can do that too so I like this I kind of want to get the book for myself yeah (laughs) it's adorable the illustrations are fantastic definitely something to give young girls who are interested in the art world quite inspirational and maybe we'll see if you get some socks Hallie (laughs) Those are pretty cool, though, I do have to say. No one else can have those. (laughs) Exactly. I'm so surprised I haven't seen those before or that just Disney in general doesn't have Small World socks. I feel like they have so many different socks that they could make from these. Yeah, and I'm just, I just keep scrolling through because there's just so many cute things to look at. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, It's a very distracting website because <laughs> it's just so cute um and yeah I'm looking at some of her personal art too and it's all it's all that same style but it's just so interesting and it kind of looks like a little collage some of them yeah they do again it's as I described like the cutout pieces of paper kind of laid on top of each other and layered and creates that vector-like illustration but again she did it before vector so (laughs) what a queen yeah she's in another book called the queens of animation which is similar to the one you were describing very fitting (laughs) uh is there a a favorite painting or favorite work of hers that that you like Ooh, I, I don't know. Well, I, first of all, I've always loved one of her very first, um, illustrations for Small World. Let me look it up. 
and it's, I don't think it's anything like very finished, but it's, it's almost just like a pattern, but it was inspiration for the facade of the actual ride. And it's made up of only like this beautiful blue, kind of like the blue of the Cinderella castle before they painted it. Um, a gold that's very nice, some silver and white. And it's made up of just those colors. It's absolutely gorgeous. Let me see if I can find the name of it. Hmm. I don't think I can find the name. I will send the picture of it to you, but it's definitely one of my favorite things from her. But again, all the Cinderella ones are also just magical. Anything from the Cinderella books and concept work she did, gorgeous. <laughs> I think if I had to choose like a favorite, it would just be within the Cinderella portfolio. <laughs> I know, her Cinderella work is just absolutely magical. Yeah, I really like the one where the the carriage is kind of coming to life. Yes, and it has the, like, magic coming out from around it. Yeah, and this is kind of, I don't, I'm kind of wondering who this is. I'm looking, may, I don't know. There's one of, I'm, I'm wondering if it's the, supposed to be the footman. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you see the one I'm talking about. There's like a pink background and there's a guy, it kind of looks like a costume design, which is kind of cool. Hmm. Um, but doesn't look like a familiar character. So that's kind of which one you're talking about. You might need to send it to me. I will. Um, but yeah, even it's actually, this is kind of cool. It looks like Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to look at it and like understand it. The only one I could think of maybe is it looks like her and the prince, but. Oh no, that one. I actually really like that one. The one I was looking at was there was like a, a pink and purple kind of background and it looks like her on the stairs, but it also it would only make sense for it to be like a stepsister or Lady Tremaine. Oh. It looks like little Cinderella's like coming through the doorway. Hmm. It could be an early, uh, it, yeah, it could be where kind of explaining her father remarried. Yeah. Very interesting though. And I, I can definitely see that a lot of other artists and and artists that work for Disney have obviously taken from this style now, mm -hmm. uh, as well as a lot of the colors too. Those, I think, actually, maybe that's one thing that always stayed with the company was using super bright colors. Yeah. So she definitely influenced a lot of styles for just art in general for the future. And there's some, oh, she did some uh, illustrations for ads. Yes, I did some research on uh, what she did when she left Disney for a little bit. As I mentioned, she was in advertising for a bit. She mainly worked on illustrations and of course coming from animation and working on movies she was a great asset for tv commercials and um as we mentioned she wanted her work to be showcased so she worked with golden books which were very popular at the time and they had their own like unique illustration style which i think she definitely inspired other artists and just future stories in general from these and she also works on greeting cards which you can, I would love a Mary Blair greeting card. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, but she was very versatile. I mentioned she worked in fashion. She designed patterns for scarves and dresses for a company called Lord and Taylor. And she did designs for the Radio City Music Hall holiday specials, which I thought was really, yeah. I was like, damn, she's just working everywhere, isn't she? 
Yeah, she's she's done some pretty amazing stuff, and yeah, it did not stop at Disney. It really didn't. Um, one thing I really liked was that she worked in storefront windows on Fifth Avenue and cr would create paper sculptures for them, which, as I mentioned, uh, or as I've described her work, it does kind of look like the cutout papers have been layered on top of each other. So it was interesting to see that kind of carry over from her actual 2D works into creating like 2D in three-dimensional settings. I just thought of something that really reminds me of her work. Mm -hmm. There's an artist. I will find the name. <laughs> she also works uh, at Disney Animation. And she does a lot of paper art. So I think when she's not doing more like concept design, she does paper art and she takes a character, she'll create a character like a fox or like a squirrel or, or any other animal and yeah. actually cut them out of paper but make it three-dimensional. And it's all in color. They're very bright colors and I think the way that the paper is cut and folded into one, one another to make it three-dimensional has an abstract style to it that reminds me a lot of Mary Blair. Yeah. Wait, maybe, yeah. maybe inspiration. I don't remember her name. I know I follow her on Instagram and she always posts really cute stuff. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if I, if I remember it. <laughs> It might take a while. It's totally fine. Wait. We can find her later, too. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, there, I see one here of her painting with the, the birds and the mice okay. making the dress. Yeah, that was huge inspiration, obviously, for uh, the movie, I, I always loved that scene where she was friends with all the woodland creatures and they were always so helpful. And I know, so we started, I kind of went off topic. You were talking about advertisements. Um, <laughs> but I saw on her website, she did a little like kids advertisement for Hanes underwear. And oh. <laughs> cute. I have to say it's really cute. I think Mary Blair could make anything cute, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> She'll put anything on the paper and make it cute. Yeah. There's no question about that. Uh, I kind of wonder if her nieces do any art. That's a great question. I'd love to see some of their art. I hope that she was an inspiration for, obviously she has been for other artists, but I hope it continues in the family, especially because it seemed like it was so important to like her and her husband, as well as uh, her brother-in-law, just had it all. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a biography about her that's written by John Canemaker. Hmm. And at the end he says, I feel great pleasure merely gazing at work by Mary Blair. She's, it's as delicious as feasting on rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I like that. <laughs> that seems, that seems pretty true, I guess. I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I want, I, I want like a little, uh, like it's a small world, like paper art that you can like spin the little windmill. <laughs> I'm already thinking, I'm like, I want to get Lauren something Mary Blair themed for Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to, I should buy you, I'm going to buy you the socks and I'm going to have them shipped to your house. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll all get something Mary it's Blair. requirements must be Mary Blair themed. <laughs> I, well, now I have to say, I, I'm a firm believer that her artwork will spread cheer, and I think that you need some cheer on Christmas, so. <laughs> Can't go wrong. 
uh, I honestly, like, I don't know. I didn't, I, I did a lot of research on Mary Blair, but I didn't, I felt like everything kind of was going towards the same thing and just like her abstract style and stuff about her husband and just really like all the movies that she worked on. There was nothing else I could really find. Uh, I don't know about you. I agree. And I think it was because it was in very early stages of Imagineering. They didn't keep track of every single thing from all the artists. I think, again, on other Imagineer spotlights, we might focus on more current and up-to-date people and I mean, again, she worked on one of the earliest actual Imagineering projects with The Small World, whereas if you look back at Joe Rohde, who worked on, like, a million different things, I mean, he did a whole park. Yeah. We're not playing down anything she did because she, she did just as much with through the animations, through the concept art, creating It's a Small World, books. She did a lot, but... I feel like there might just not be as much out there to gather. <laughs> and I, I also think that if we didn't have Mary Blair, we wouldn't have the movies that we have today. Because mm -hmm. her style has inspired others. And, you know, if she never worked on Cinderella, we never would have had that movie. True. And probably would have had a very different Disneyland. Yeah. You know? So that iconic castle that you always remember seeing when you enter the park, that could be a very different castle if Mary Blair did not work on that movie. So she was very important and I'm glad we got the chance to put a little spotlight on her. Me too. So I think that's probably everything that we have on her, but interesting stuff. And so we want to thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the Enchanted Podcast. Uh, what's your favorite Mary Blair artwork? Tweet it to us. We want to, we want to see some cool artwork that's going to kind of boost, boost our moods. <laughs> this week. So uh, tweet us at the Enchanted Pod on Twitter, and we will be back next week with a very different episode and a very, very fun episode. So we will see you then. Thank you for listening and have a magical day.